Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Greetings in Jesus' mighty name. I want to praise God for another day that we could all gather together and worship God in the beauty of His holiness. Indeed, He's a holy God and His holiness makes our life beautiful. His presence in our life makes it beautiful. His love in our life makes it beautiful. And I want to thank God for your life. Many people who saw the previous year have not had the privilege of seeing another year. And if God has given us another year, another day of our life, we just want to thank God for another opportunity to walk with God, to love Him, to honor God with the rest of our life. Today, I want to speak about a very important topic that I believe is very important to our heart. Man is designed as a social being to connect with people, to love people, to walk with people. The value of fellowships and relationships become all the more dear to us when we move away from it and we don't have people around our lives all the time. Especially in this time when the journey of the pandemic began, people had to socially distance themselves from one another. And not many people were really sure how this being in your homes and being away from people was going to affect us. Right in the beginning, it wasn't too bad. Many people would have been happy and excited. Yeah, well, we're getting some space to ourselves. We're getting time to ourselves. But after a few days and few weeks, for a lot of people, it began to get into their head and they began to say, no, we can't stay inside these closed doors too long. It's so hard to stay away from people because relationships in our life are so important. And many people lost the opportunity to relate to one another, to comfort one another, to encourage one another. Slowly communication began to break down. Offenses began to come in and people began to isolate one from another not because of the pandemic, but now more so because of broken relationships. People lived in the same home, but have broken relationships. Marriages had broken relationships. People began to get offended with one another. When isolation is forced upon us, we long to get back into fellowship. We long to come back at the earliest. And that is why in many, many people that got online and spoke to one another and came on the church prayers and the intercessions and the fellowship, they said, we miss coming back to church. We long to come back. We long to see one another. If we would ever get to meet someone at the supermarket or at some other place, oh, what joy would fill our heart, even if we would say hello from a distance. That's because God has designed us to be people that do life with one another. When isolation is forced upon us, we long to meet up at the earliest. We know what we miss and we long for that restoration to one another. But when we choose to isolate ourselves from others because of offenses or pride, etc., now that can become a dangerous place in life to be. That is not something the Bible recommends. You see, many of us, we, we isolate ourselves from one another for various reasons. Uh, sometimes we isolate ourselves because we're just selfish, we're hurt and offended, we're selfish. Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire, and he rages against all wise judgment. You know, even if people tell us, no, it's not good for you to stay away from fellowship. It's not good for you and me to stay away from people. Our heart may be so grieved. Uh, and sometimes we just, you know, we may, uh, you know, we just want to be away from people because 
we want to have our way. Some people isolate because they're selfish. Other people, they may isolate because they're brokenhearted and they're grieving over a loss, grieving over pain, grieving over challenges that have come in their life. Maybe they've lost a loved one and they don't feel like speaking to others. Uh, you know, sometimes people who just isolate in circumstances like that. Sometimes people isolate because they're abandoned. They're just feeling nobody cares for me. Nobody loves me. There's no point. Let me just go and be alone because it almost feels like I'm in the middle of the ocean. Water, water everywhere, but not a drop to drink. Many can feel abandoned. This can happen even in a marriage. You have your spouse who's living together in the same home, in the same room. But you can feel the desire to isolate yourself because you're offended. Some people isolate because they're loners. They just like to be alone. Maybe they, they, they feel that it's better for me to be alone. Someone who holds himself aloof. Some isolate because they're just angry. They're just angry with people and they're in rebellion with people and rebellion with God. I don't want to walk with somebody who I feel uh, I'm angry with. I don't want to walk with somebody who I feel I should be, uh, you know, who's, uh, who I don't want to listen to. I don't want to submit to. I want to isolate from, I want to isolate from a place that I'm not happy in. I want to isolate because I don't feel I'm happy here. And therefore, uh, that can be another reason I want to isolate. Rebellion, lack of happiness, offenses. I'm, I want to isolate sometimes because I may be offended with people. You know, the offense is such a bait of Satan. And the devil uses that in many of our lives to isolate us from others. Some of us isolate simply, we just despaired. We're just so despaired because of circumstances of life. We don't want to meet people. For a little while we do, and then after some time, the grief gets over our heart. Our heart is so heartbroken, and we want to isolate. And these and many more reasons, maybe things I've not mentioned. Maybe you are in a circumstance right now, where you are deciding to isolate because of some reason that you would know best. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8 to 10, There is a person without a companion, without even a son or brother, and though there is no end to all his struggles, his eyes are still not content with riches. Who am I struggling for, he asks, and depriving myself of good things. This too is futile and a miserable task. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another one to lift him up. What a powerful scripture. Pity the one who falls without another one to pick him up. I believe God wants to always place us in a place where others can pray for us. Others can stand by us. Maybe they'd be silent. Sometimes when we go to comfort people, we don't know what to say. Our words of comfort aren't sufficient to wipe their tears away. But just being there can be a strength for them. Just upholding them in prayer can be a strength for them. Indeed, there are some times in our life where, uh, where isolation can be a blessing, where isolation is not out of offense, but isolation is at an alone time when it is with God or when it's with your spouse. When you isolate yourself from the rest of the world because you know specifically you want to build a relationship with God or with your spouse. The Bible says that we can plan times away from people uh, or from our family or people or, the, or you know, out there, our colleagues take a break from work and spend time with God in fasting and prayer. Those are good because these are quality times 
to hear from God. Alone times with God. This is a planned time. This is a time you're looking forward to. It's not something you go into because you're offended. It's something you go to because you know you're going to come out of there a stronger, better person. I believe this is an isolation from the cares of the world, an isolation from the challenges, the work, the, the burdens, and all the problems of the world. In fact, Jesus himself used to do this. Luke's Gospel, chapter 5 and verse 16, the Bible says, and Jesus himself, you know, that he would, he would just slip away and he would go and spend time with the Father. He would just find time to pray with God to the Father. Those are good things. Those are our alone time with God. Whoever we spend time with is going to influence our heart. And it's very, very important. That relationship grows. When we spend time with our spouse, that relationship grows. When we spend time with God, that relationship grows. And whichever relationship we do not spend time with, that relationship begins to suffer. That's why we need to be very cautious and conscious that we don't isolate ourselves as the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has come that we might have life. So when we isolate ourselves, one of the things we need to be careful, when I say isolate, I, I mean even an alone time with God, or if we are offended with somebody, one of the things we need to be careful about is who are we listening to in those times? There are times I have been offended, I've been hurt, and I wanted to walk away from people, and those are the times I want to lock myself in the room and maybe cry or go to the terrace and have my, a time of complaining to God. God, where are you when things hurt? Where are you when all kinds of things happen in my life? You see, we want to isolate ourselves, and these are the times we need to watch over our thoughts and who we are listening to very, very carefully. Because when we isolate ourselves from people, we may be alone, but we are not devoid of thoughts. We're not devoid of inputs. And we get input inputs from our own heart. We can get inputs from the devil. We can get inputs from people. We can get inputs from God. So it's so important for us to be careful. What is your source? Who are you entertaining in that alone time? When you're if you're offended with somebody, you're walking away from fellowship, or you're hurt, or you're grieving, or you're heartbroken, that's the time you just want some time alone because you can't think straight. You're so upset, and those are the times you must remember, you must remember who is your source at that time. For some people, God may be your source, and it's a great time to hear from God. When we spend those alone times with God, that's a time we worship and we pray. We hear from God and He becomes our source. Most of my life, when I've been through difficult, painful times, the one thing that has kept me going strong has been my alone time with God. God became my source. His voice became my comfort. His voice became direction. You and I can be people of the flesh or we can be people of the Spirit. Now, you may be a man of God or a woman of God, but you can still be a flesh man. If you are not walking in the Spirit, a flesh man speaks fleshly things, hears fleshly things, is full of complaints, accusations, blaming others, all of that. But you could hear from God and be a spiritual, spirit-led man, 
even in your alone times with God, because God is your source. He fills you with the Holy Spirit at that time, and God becomes your source. We become more like the one we spend time with. Whoever gives us input, we end up becoming like him. You know, that's the time we are, we are even if you're offended, we're hearing from God. We're hearing from the voice of God. And that hearing from God becomes a healing to our heart. It is similar to when you're sick and you need a surgery. You take time away from everyone around, from school, from work, from all of that, and you place yourself at the hands of a medical team in a hospital. You are having an alone time away from everyone else because you know that's not the place of your healing. It is a hospital. And maybe this, the, the, a surgeon and his medical team that is going to be someone who is going to bring healing into your life. It's so important for you. Just like they treat you for a season, then they, and once you're healed, you're going back. In the same way, it is so important for us to know that where we are going to, that alone time will become worth it. David was so heartbroken many times. He grieved before the Lord. But when he grieved before the Lord, he remembered God's goodness. Of course, there were times he complained. Of course, there were times he said, God, just do something, destroy them, all of that. But there were other times he would look back and he would grieve before the Lord. And from there, he verbalized his pain. He said, God, I'm really hurting. Maybe some of you are today are really hurting. And man cannot understand your grief. Maybe man cannot understand what you're going through. But I want to tell you today, you can grieve before God. That's the safest place to grieve. Where God can come and He can be your healing. Many have found comfort. Many have found strength. You can verbalize your pain before God. And as you speak to God, the toxic thoughts that are filling your mind, you can pour that out and receive the healing, cleansing thoughts of God into your heart. Many times when I go to God with toxic thoughts, God fills me back with His thoughts from His Word. God fills my heart with His thoughts of forgiveness and kindness and gentleness and humility. Because in His presence, after David grieved, David remembered the goodness of God. What are, how are your times of aloneness with God? How are your times of grief when you go to God? Many people, they go to God and there, it's not a time with God. It's a time in the presence of God. Listen to me. Some people are in the presence of God, but not walking with God. What is that? That's like the devil, what the devil is doing. He can often be in the presence of God, but not submissive to the word of God, the voice of God and the will of God. The Bible says that the devil went and presented himself before God and God asked him, what have you been doing? And he gave a report to God about what he's been doing. So in the same way, many of us can end up being in the presence of God and we may be reporting to God. Many of our prayer times can be like that. Reporting to God, complain, God, you know, that person, what a terrible person he is. Lord, why is this happening only to my life? Lord, why are they like that? Why? We're reporting to God, but not taking instructions from God with a heart of fear of the Lord. We are reporting to God. And of course, there is a place to grieve. There is a, I believe sometimes just pouring our heart to God is therapy. Because when we pour our heart to God, we know that God understands. He's a loving father. He understands. There are times he will just hug you and hold you. And those in itself is therapy. But there are others who go and pour their heart to God. But from there, they do not want to hear the instructions 
of God. When you go to a doctor, there are things you pour to the doctor and there are instructions the doctor gives you. In the same way, many times we can go to God, we can pour our heart to God, but many of us do not know how to quieten ourselves in the midst of our deep pain and hear from God to take some of those active steps unto God. David cries out and says, I will praise you, O God. You know, he praised God. He began to learn the power of praising God. It wasn't easy for him. It didn't happen in a moment. But he began to learn the journey because he knew the more he began to be used by God, he had to learn to be familiar with suffering and pain and sorrow and grief. David's family went through so much pain. David's life, all his life, he had many successes, but he had much pain. So he learned to go to God. It's important who's your source. People of God, go back to God. Make Him your source. Sometimes we can go back to friends. But it's important even which friends you go back to as your source. You may have godly friends who can advise you things according to God's wisdom. Or you can have ungodly friends who may advise you things that may be from worldly wisdom. And the things of worldly wisdom may protect you for a certain season here on earth. But godly wisdom protects you for eternity. It is so important for us to watch over who our friends are. The Bible says you walk with the wise, you'll be wise. But a companion of fools comes to destruction. So it's so important that we don't walk with people who will who'll counsel us in an ungodly way. Walk with the wise and you'll be wise. We often want to you know, when we are hurt or offended or upset or angry, we want to talk with people who will tell us what we want to hear. You know, when I'm upset with somebody, I want to talk to someone else who will tell me, John, you are right. That person is a total fool. You shouldn't even be relating to them. You shouldn't be even, you know, loving them in your life. I want you to know, people of God, when you walk, whoever you walk with, walk with people that fear the Lord. Because we want to talk to people that will agree with us. Years ago, one of my leadership mentors, he told me like this. He said, John, when you're offended with people, do not talk to like offended people. Which means if I'm offended with someone, don't go and talk to others who are offended with the same person. Because when you compare notes, you will have the same notes. He, always to, he told me, you must always speak to someone who's not offended with that person. You must always speak because you will get another perspective. You will have another perspective when you speak to someone who's not offended with that person. And we often want to speak to hurting people because those hurting people, we feel, will understand our pain. I want you to know, it is not enough for people to understand your pain. It is important for people to understand God's plan for your life. Let me say that again. It is not enough for people to understand your pain. It's important for people to understand God's plan for your life. If people understood Joseph's pain and they took him out of that pit, killed all his brothers and let him go, Joseph would have never fulfilled the destiny of being the salvation for Israel from Pharaoh, from Egypt and from the famine and becoming the person that prepared the way for the coming of the Messiah. All he would have had is some friends who said, we understand your pain, we will get you out of trouble. Many times, we tend to think in our heart, God loves me so much, God will never allow me to be in a circumstance where I'm not happy. People of God, that's not true. 
God loves you so much and God wants you to do the will of God so that he can mold you, build you up and bring you to a place that God can use you. When you isolate yourself, sometimes the, it becomes an opportunity to speak to the devil. And we begin to hear, the devil begins to whisper in your ears like Adam and Eve. Satan begin to whisper in their ears and begin to tell them, God's not a generous God. God is a jealous God. God is a selfish God. He's afraid of you becoming like him. That's why he doesn't want you to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, when you speak to the devil, he always offers you a better plan outside the will of God. He will tell you, isolate from God. Isolate from the people of God. Isolate from the family of God. Get away from all these people because the devil wants to speak. And you must sift through those thoughts. Now, I want you to know as a pastor, there are times the devil would speak to me and tell me, run away from the circumstance. These people are ungrateful. They just want to destroy your life. Or you might say, really, pastor, does the devil speak to you and tempt you like that? Hey, hello. The devil spoke to Jesus himself, you know, in the wilderness and tempted him. If the devil tempted Jesus, surely the devil has the ability to tempt the pastors, the leaders, people who are in the ministry. That's why he made even Adam turn away from God. God came looking for them. When God came looking for them, Adam and Eve were so offended that they were thinking, God's such a jealous God, they hid themselves. You know, many times when we isolate ourselves, people from fellowship come looking for us. People from who care about us, they call us, they write to us, they're praying for us, they're standing. But we're wondering, why can't they leave me alone? Why don't they understand? And uh, maybe we feel, oh, they are coming to us with maybe an agenda. I want you to know, people are not coming with an agenda. When God came to Adam and Eve, his agenda was love. When we want to isolate, when I wanted to isolate myself from people and others would call out to me, I would think that, you know, maybe they have an agenda. But I want you to know that I rather have people coming after me. Listen to me carefully. I rather have people coming after me and checking on me if everything is okay than have nobody to call on me. And I'm living a lonely and broken life. I rather have people who are calling on me, praying for me, standing with me than having the devil coming and whispering in my ears and telling me to run away from God. I want you to know today, the devil wants to fill your mind. And when we isolate from God, the devil wants to steal your joy. He wants to take you away from the peace of God. He wants to destroy your future, your hope. He wants to destroy your communion with God and your communion with man. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. I remember, you know, reading a quote, which I often have quoted to my own children. I said, kids, and I want you to know, the one who leaves, the, the banana that leaves the bunch, the banana that leaves the bunch is the first one to be eaten. And that is why the people that leave God's counsel or fellowship are open. The devil looks for such people. That's why the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, for the devil, your adversary, is looking for someone he can devour. I believe today, as you look through God's word, there are so many people in God's word that felt lonely and isolated themselves. Jonah isolated himself. He ran away from God. He couldn't trust God. I want you to know Peter isolated himself. He felt God let him down. Oh, Jesus took me around for three and a half years, did miracles and all, and finally just died. Left all of us to ourselves. I've lost my fishing business. I've lost everything. Why did I even follow this Jesus? Peter felt isolated and he went back to fishing. And he looked at others. You guys want to come? You come. I'm going back. I'm, you know, I'm just, you see, Elijah isolated himself. After calling down fire from heaven, after great ministry, he isolated himself. 
And I know Judas isolated himself. He went into the speaking to Jesus or speaking to his others and going right back to God. He went and took his own life. When you isolate yourself, the devil will tempt you to take your own life. I want you to know that's not a great place to be. God loves you. That These are times when we isolate ourselves. These are times we're engulfed with feelings of loneliness. We are troubled and, and pain becomes overwhelming. We feel nobody is there who understands us. We are looking for an escape. Sometimes we may have suicidal tendencies. Some people will go into depression and struggle because all the pain is overwhelming their lives. There's a feeling of loneliness and, and in your mind you'll be running through all these different things. And, and I want you to know that you, you begin to doubt your own identity. Who am I? Why am I here? What am I doing with my life? I don't believe God loves me. I don't believe people love me. You begin to question your own identity. And you become a loneliness becomes a feeling in your heart. It, it, it can become a mindset that every time you're hurt, you may want to just run away. And this might shape your thinking. It might get into the very fiber of your being. The more you rehearse it, the more the, it is the thing you do. Whatever you constantly rehearse in your mind is the thing that you will end up doing. And I want you to know, we will end up blaming others that they are the reason for where we are in life. People of God, I want you to know, don't blame others. Jonah blamed others. Jonah blamed God. God didn't understand. That's our tendency. We always look for someone or the other to blame. We should never isolate ourselves from people out of hurt and pain and problems. I believe Christians should never isolate ourselves from believers. Not only is this is good, not good for us, but we will end up walking away from the kingdom of God. We are putting ourselves, our destiny, our generations at risk. The plans of God upon our life, we're putting at risk for selfish self-preservation. And I want you to know, God has got a plan for your life. God's not planned for you to be alone. God has planned for you to be in the secret place of the Most High God. That's the safe place. That's where God wants to rebuild something beautiful in your life. One of the root challenges that, that challenge our heart when we feel like isolating ourselves, the uncalled for isolation from offenses, from hurt, from pain, from all these things, is a deep sense. And the uncalled for isolation, not the one where you're spending time with God or you're dealing your grief with God, no, not all that. I'm talking about the uncalled for isolation from offense and from pain and from all, all of that. It's a deep sense of self-righteousness and self-pity. It's a deep sense that, that I'm the only victim and, and because of others I'm suffering. I, I, I am in this position or in this circumstance because people are not caring for me. If they loved me, they would have called me. They would have come looking for me. But now nobody has come looking for me. And I believe that God does not want us to walk in self-pity or in self-righteousness. In fact, there's a very interesting read that I found, and I'd like to read this out to you. Dr. Bill Edgar, the Geneva College board member and trustee and former president, he writes a beautiful uh, writing, an article, and he writes like this, how does the loner think? How does the loner think? You know, and he goes on to say, everyone else, the loner thinks, everyone else is unworthy. People are fools. No one understands my genius. People let me down. I like to make my own decisions. I don't fit in here. I belong to a better place. 
I am a foot, not a hand. Even Elijah, when he ran to Sinai by himself whining, I, only I am left. 1 Kings in 19 verse 10, earns God's rebuke and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Many claim the name of Christ, but proudly steer clear of the body, the church. They listen to radio preachers, read Christian books, and even hold church at home. People who require much patience, or who differ at some point, or even worse, who offer advice, are not for them. Beware of such people. You see, who is this loner at heart? He wants what he wants. It is his way and his ideas. Or he takes his ball and he goes home. Give and take, accepting advice or serving others is not for him. He showers the church, society and his family with scorn. If he could marry, he would marry himself. A small modern fad that has attracted attention lately as people hold wedding ceremonies all for themselves. Say to such a person, look, it's not good for you to be alone, according to Genesis 2.18, and he will rage. How dare anyone give him advice? Imagine the prodigal son in Jesus' parable being told he was going to lose his money and be lonely if he left home. Wrathfully, he rejects the advice, and off he goes in a whim to a far-off country where he promptly wastes his money in riotous living and is soon friendless, stuck feeding pigs, whose slop he was hungry enough to eat himself. Only when that lonely son finally comes to senses, did he humbly return to his family where his father welcomed him home. Every proud loner needs to come to his senses, seek human companionship, and learn to listen to advice. It's not good for man or woman to be alone. All the followers of Christ belong to God's visible church, outside of which there is no ordinary possibility of salvation. I believe we need to be careful. We need to be careful not to isolate ourselves because isolation opens us to enemy attack. It is when we are alone. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be alert, be vigilant, for the devil is like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. I believe you and I need to be conscious the devil wants to destroy your life and my life. And therefore, we must not give in to the desire to isolate ourselves. We must not give in to desire to not be in fellowship. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews 10.25. It says, not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing. Go right back into fellowship. Don't run away. Many times we feel... We are the only one, like Elijah felt. But you know, when I was thinking about Elijah, a thought came to my heart. Elijah was feeling I'm the only one. But when God was looking at Elijah, God was saying, you're the appointed one. Many times in our life, we're feeling we're the only one. When God looks at us as the appointed one to go through that, because after destroying, bringing down fire from heaven and consuming that sacrifice and worship unto God and destroying the prophets of Baal, after that, Elijah is running away and full of self-pity, wanting to die. He's saying, I just want to die. I just want to die. I want to, he wanted to isolate himself and just die. That's the time God tells him, don't think you're the only one. Remember, you are the appointed one. Get up. 
and anoint a king over Israel, anoint a king over Ju uh, Judah, and go out and anoint Elisha as a prophet after you. I believe God wants you to know that when you walk in the company of people, and you are the appointed one to walk through a challenging circumstance, that God wants you to know that two is better than one. That it reward gives you a better reward for your labor. Don't isolate yourself. Stand together. So finally, in closing, let me give you a few thoughts. When you and I feel like isolating ourselves, remember, the first thing I want to tell you is that God has a plan for you, even in the midst of your deepest pain. You may not be able to understand what life has thrown at you. You may not be able to understand why this happened to your life. But I want you to know in the midst of your pain, God has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to bless you, not to harm you, plans for a hope and for a future. People of God, God wants to bless you. God wants to give you a hope and a future. Romans 8.28, we all know that, for we know that God will make all things, or cause all things to work together for good. For them that love God, and you love God, and you, I want you to know that God has got a plan for your life. When you're struggling and you want to isolate yourself from everybody, that's the time to go alone and wrestle with God. That's your time, like Jacob. He said, God, in many ways you blessed me. In many ways you have caused me to increase. But Lord, I won't leave you till you fulfill the destiny on my life. God sometimes allows everybody else in your life to go ahead. And he'll tap you from the back. Those are not the times that God is trying to destroy you. Those are the times God is battling you to win over the Jacob of your life. 20 years. Jacob ran away from Isaac. And Isaac had asked him 20 years ago, what's your name? He said, my name is Jacob. 20 years later. When Isaac, when Jacob is battling with God, God touches his hip, dislocates it. And now he's got a limp. And he says, I won't leave you, Lord, until you bless me. And God asks him the same question that he asked 20 years ago. What's your name? And he said, my name is Jacob. Sometimes we go through these times alone with God because God wants to take us off our leaning on our own wisdom and bring us to a place where we lean on the wisdom of God. God wants to change you from being a Jacob. God wants to make you an Israel. God wants to change you from being a schemer. God wants to make you a blessing, a father to many, many, many thousands, an inheritor of the blessings of Abraham. When you are alone, that's your time to wrestle with God. Thirdly, when you feel like isolating yourself and you go through pain from people, I want you to know, don't write people off. Don't write people off. Apostle Paul was upset with John Mark. Because when John and Barnabas and Paul and all were going on this mission trip, at one point they were beaten up so badly, John Mark just succumbed to his, his uh, beating and he was so broken, he ran away from there. He goes back to his hometown. And the next time in Acts in chapter 15, when Paul and Barnabas were getting ready to go on their second missionary journey, Barnabas wanted to bring John Mark along. Paul said, don't bring him along. He ran away last time. Oh, he's not worthy of the calling. Barnabas was saying, no, let's bring him. But I want you to know, that's the time Paul and Barnabas had to part ways. But down the road in 2 Timothy, chapter 4 and verse 11, Paul, tells Luke, uh, Paul is telling Timothy 
bring Mark along for he's useful to the ministry. Don't write people off. They may be useful to the ministry in your life and my life. In the life of David, he had some fighting men. He had, you know, people like Joab and Abishai as fighting men, the sons of Zeruiah. And these people caused so much trouble for David because they would disobey David and go and, and kill the Absalom and kill the, the others, you know, the Abner and Amasas, the other commanders of the army. Now, they killed in cold blood. But David's heart was broken when they did that against those instructions. And he cried at one time, Oh, what do I do with these people? They were such a great blessing to David, but they also were rebellious from time to time, Joab particularly. David wanted to send them off. But I want you to know, down the road in David's life, when David was going to fight the descendants of Goliath, that's the time Abishai comes along and says, David, no, you don't go. We will go. We'll take care of that. The sum of the people you wanted to write off and sent away in your life, you say, you want to sign out from their life? You say, I don't want to have anything to do with them. I want you to know sometimes God will bring the same person back into your life and use them in your life to save your life, to help you, to stand with you and pray with you. Don't write people off. Fourthly, be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you listen to. Don't listen to the devil. Don't listen to people who claim to be your friends. Listen to people of faith who will, who will put faith into your heart. Listen to messages of faith. And that's something I do when I feel down. I, I, I pick something on the, on, on, on the YouTube or something and listen to a message of faith. Because a message of faith builds your heart up. Listen to people who will praise God along with you. Who will worship God. Join them in praying. Praise God along with you. Go back to an environment of faith. Stay right there in fellowship. Be careful who you're listening to. Listen to people who love God. Listen to people who praise God with you. Listen to messages of faith. Listen to people who, who speak joy and faith into your heart. Be careful who you listen to. And finally, I want you to know, God will never forsake you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil because God will be with you. God is going to stand with you. He, even when you isolate yourself, God's people will come looking for you. God will come looking for you. You know, the Bible says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says in Isaiah 49, verse 14 to 16, it says, But Zion said, The Lord has abandoned me, and the Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child and have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will never forget you. Behold, I have inscribed you in the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. People of God, God's inscribed you in the palm of his hands. Though your mother and father forsake you, God will never forsake you. Don't isolate yourself. If you want to go, go and be alone. Wrestle with God. Hear from God. Hear what God has to say. Understand the journey you are on. Remember, build your life and surround your life with people of faith. Remember the promises that God has spoken to you. Don't write away people because you're offended with them. And remember, God has a plan for your life. And he will work all things for good. And God will stand with you. God will be there for you. God will uphold your cause. And you will come back stronger into fellowship. And you'll become a blessing to the nations of the world. God bless you. And may the Lord richly bless you and use you mightily in the coming days. Listen to the voice of God 
run away from the voice of the devil, fill your heart with faith, you will be a blessing to the nations. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.